Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Shall we play a game? What was that ruckus? What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Did you describe the ruckus, sir? The next time I have to come in here, I'm cracking skulls. If I were creating a world, I wouldn't mess about with butterflies and daffodils. I would have started with lasers. Eight o'clock, day one. Sorry. Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. How do you have a It's a twister! It's a twister! Now, now, is this dreaming or just remembering? Am I, am I dreaming? Is this, this, this all a dream? You and I have witnessed many things, but nothing as bodacious as what just happened. Why, you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Who's scruffy-looking? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. What are you people? On dope? Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zave, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us. And I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Howdy, sports fans. What'll it be, Norm? Fame, fortune, fast women. Yeah. How about a beer? Even better. This episode leans a little towards the older members of Generation X, I think. Uh, There's something for everyone here, I hope. But if you like reminiscing about Fleetwood Mac, daytime game shows, and teen comedies of the 80s, then this is an episode you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save Generation X for future generations today with the material we cover with, with these two friends of over 25 years. I am thrilled to have my two guests on the show today. Please welcome the man responsible for that awesome two-minute intro you just heard, and also my friend, Robert. 
Hello, everyone from southeastern Michigan. I'm pleased to be playing for the banana section today. And Robert will be playing against his friend. Please also welcome Chad. Hello. Hello from Dearborn. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of games. The winner of each of the first two rounds will receive an advantage in the following round, and the player who wins round three will win a chance at today's fabulous prize. Please note that just as beauty is in the eye of the beholder, the word fabulous in the previous sentence should receive the same treatment. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the game rolling. Round one. Hey, guys. You know, you take the good. You take the bad. You take them both. And there you have the first game of the day. Again, we call it the facts of life. In this game, we take... Uh, the top 10 facts about a topic and players must compete to identify them on a top 10 list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike and the player who gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages throughout the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power is a great advantage in each round. Now I can dispute the importance of Fleetwood Mac and rock and roll today, a band that's mixed mysticism with blues rock and pop and it was undeniably rich and real, something forbidden, but at the same time so enticing and powerful that without getting into trouble, we felt like we were a part of something mysterious. It was the sound of the times and the times to come. Fleetwood Mac is a British-American rock band formed in London in 1967. Although they found some success in the late 60s, it wasn't until they added American folk rock duo Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks to the group in the 70s that they found their place in the music world. His continued for decades that followed, and their music was a staple for many Gen Xers the world over. This Facts of Life list asks you to name the greatest songs by Fleetwood Mac based on where they placed on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The list is ranked first by where the song had its peak, and then by how many weeks it spent on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. One could argue that these are the greatest songs by the band by using these metrics, but with the band having so many hit songs, Surely some of your personal favorites may not be in the top 10. Remember, if you don't like this list, direct your scoring at the judges and not me. It's their job to make these lists. So tell me, guys, what are the best chart-topping songs by Fleetwood Mac on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? We flip the coin backstage, see who goes first. And Chad, you won the coin flip. Um, Lay it on me, brother. Chad, what do you got? I got Dreams. Dreams, the number one answer that peaked number one and was spent 23 weeks on the chart. Robert, I think you might be in trouble if you cannot give me an answer right here. Oh, I think I can give you an answer here. I'm going to go with hold me. Hold me. Number four on the list. Well done. This is going to be a good one, I think. Chad, I think Chad back to you. somebody off to get the Fleetwood Mac in here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, don't stop. Don't stop. About don't stop. I think you might be right on that payoff because don't stop is number two on the list. Chad, you got number one and number two. 
Robert, back to you. Chad, you are number one and number two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go with Little Lies. Little Lies, number three on the list. Ooh, yay. Well done. Good the job, top Brad. four are off the list. No strikes for either of you. Chad, back to you. Big love. Big love. Number five on the list. Well done. No strikes for either of you. Remember that the tiebreaker is who has the number one answer. So we will uh, see how that plays out here. Robert, back to you. Rat Bang stole my answer. You're like Belloc, dude. He just came and took it away from me. Oh, um, no, I'm gonna end up getting a strike, but I gotta go somewhere. Let's go with Tusk. Tusk will not get you a strike as it is number seven on the list. Only four answers remain. Chad, can you get one of the last four? You make love and fun. Yes, but what's your answer? No, (laughs) that is my answer. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, that's number eight on the list. Well done. Still no strikes. Three answers remain. This is a, I think this is the closest game we've ever had. No strikes with only three answers left. Impressive. Most impressive. That may change soon. Robert, what do you got? Let's go dark horse on this one. How about Gypsy? Gypsy, number 12 on the list. Mm. Ah. That's one strike for you, Robert. Chad, can you remain strikeless? I'm going to try real hard. Uh, let's uh, shoot. I know uh, Rhiannon. Rhiannon, number 11 on the list. These go to 11. Ooh, Just close. outside the top 10. Uh, so that's one strike for each of you. Robert, uh, what is that? you do not have a tiebreaker, Robert. So the only way you can win this oh. is if Chad strikes out. So you need to get an answer right here. I, I'm starting to, I, of course, I'm going to go blank now, so I'll just grasp at any straw I can grab and say everywhere. Everywhere. Number 13 on the list. Ah, I'm going the wrong way. Yeah. That's two strikes for you, Robert. One strike for Chad. Chad, three answers remain. Can you get one nope. of the three? I'm really working on it right now because I know, I know what it is, but I can't. God bless America. Like, oh, is that your that's answer? Not, that's, no, no, that's not my answer. God that's bless America answer. is not on the list. <laughs> that is not my answer. I'm going to have to go with my default answer. And I feel like such a coward for not playing this out. Because after I know I'm going to get this one right, pretty much. So my answer is Sarah. Sarah, number six on the list. Oh! Only two answers remain. 
Robert, it comes down to this. It's either get one of the last two or you strike out. Oh, Number nine oh. and 10 are still available. I can see the light opening. Mom, is that you? Um, it's not looking good for me. So I have to give some kind of answer because I, I know the penalties from, from being a listener. <sighs> hey, Rob, do you want a hint? Like, no, I, I don't want a hint. Okay. I want to lose on my own merits if I uh, lose. Okay, okay, okay. I want cool. to lose with pride and respect and cry. Um, <laughs> Lord, I'm so out of Fleetwood Mac songs in my head because I've never really thought they were that great. Sorry, Fleetwood Mac fans. Stevie Nicks is a big fan of the show. <laughs> She's really offended her right now. Complain about it, and she can bring lunch. This is a one-hour podcast. I know it's going to be so low. I, Oh, okay, Mr. Man. Okay. I'm just kidding. At least I'm going to give a real title and I'm going to go out with some pride and say Seven Wonders. It charted way too low. I know that. Seven Wonders, number 14 on the list. Wow, I am good at the 12 through 14. <laughs> so that means, Robert, you strike out. Chad, congratulations. You have won round one and you have won the power. I've got the power. You got you the do. power. I've got the power. Well done, right, sir. I know it's fleeting. I will not take it for granted while I have it. No, it's Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah, Fleetwood. <laughs> I will run down the top 10 and reveal the two that you did not get. It's killing me. Number one was Dreams. In 1977, they peaked at number one with 23 weeks on the chart. Number two was Don't Stop from also 1977. Peaked at number three with 18 weeks on the chart. Little Lies was number three. Peaked at number four with 21 weeks on the chart. Number four was Hold Me, which peaked at number four as well for 17 weeks on the chart. Big Love was number five, peaked at number five as well with 16 weeks on the chart. Sarah was number six, peaked at seven and 14 weeks. Tusk was number eight with 15 weeks. Number eight on the list is You Make Loving Fun, peaked at number nine with 14 weeks on the chart. Number nine, which you did not get, which was Go Your Own Way. Oh, oh that's the song. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, I, went, I was like, dude, what is that fourth single off of Rumors? What is it? What is it? What is it? My union card. Oh, my God. I know, dude. Like, I, dude, Stevie, I am sorry. I am a, <laughs> I, I do like the Stevie Nicks. I enjoy her very much. And I, not I mean, I know that's not, man. you know, but it's not a Stevie Nicks song, but it's still Fleetwood Mac from Rumors, which is like one of the greatest albums of all time that you can like listen to oh. front to back with no problem. Oh. I know, Rob, but I love it. Oh, no, I'm I'm just still kicking myself over here. That peaked uh, at number 10 with 15 weeks on the chart. And number 10, you did not get as well, which was Say You Love Me, which peaked at number 11 with 19 uh, weeks on the chart. Well done, though, both of you. You almost got the whole list. Yeah. Good job, Dad. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X on the show. And to that end, they're requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born when they were between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you from being called Gen X? Please welcome to the show, Chad. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. I'm Chad. I am uh, 48 years old. I was born in 1972. Uh, 
graduated from high school in 1991. I've been racking my brain for my, my Gen X credential. Would probably be my 12-inch original first edition Madonna single of Angel with Into the Groove on the back of it, which was the only way that Into the Groove was accessible on any sort of platform until Immaculate Collection. Well, no, I think I think it might have been on You Can Dance. And Into the Groove by Madonna is one of my favorites of all time. That also turns into sort of a disqualifier because I was sort of researching something today about that question as well. And I remember when we got cable, well, when we got MTV. And the first show that my sister and I watched on MTV was Just Say Julie by Julie Brown. <laughs> which debuted in February of 1989, which is like means that I spent most of the 80s without MTV. But well, I made up for lost time and there were other outlets available. That is my story. Good sir. Growing up, a lot of my friends thought my older sister looked just like Julie Brown. And so, <laughs> yeah, but she was on that show. She was kind of like a sex symbol, right? So yeah, like I couldn't look at her and, you know, see her in that light because you know, it always reminded me of my sister. So it's, I couldn't, you yeah, know, it's a little, I couldn't enjoy yeah. Julie Brown as a kid is what I'm trying to say. Oh, bummer, man. Now, downtown Julie life. Brown, I could appreciate her, but not, oh, yes, yes. not uptown Julie Brown. I don't know. Because you don't, you don't have a black sister. <laughs> no, I don't have a black sister. Okay. okay. Not that I know of. Just said Julie. That's me. Ba, ba, ba. Okay. Hello, is that in bad taste, guys? Should I cut that out? No, <laughs> is that no, funny? <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. Okay. Thanks for being on the show, Chad. Thank you. Judges, are we going to let Chad continue to be on the show? Chad, congratulations. You can continue on the show. Not having MTV did not disqualify you from being Gen X. It wasn't your fault. You're just a kid. Right. And please also welcome to the show, Robert. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and please give us your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. Hey, Zabe. How you doing? First of all, I appreciate so much what you do here. This is a valuable resource. I really consider it so. So for me to get the chance to do this with you, it is very special for me. I'm going to tell you. Um, as for myself, I am a retired mobile DJ. I am currently a professional layabout and internet gadfly for a living. I was born probably, I think I'm one of the earliest born contestants you've had. I was born in 1969, dudes! Valentine's Day of 69. Yeah, best of both worlds, ladies. Not a main, anyway, not a main, not uh, my not qualifiers. A main what are my qualifiers? Well, I had I actually did a lot of thought about this too, but I think I have three very good ones. I saw Star Wars at the age of eight at a drive-in movie theater, which that has to count for something. That is correct. With one nice. of those little speaker boxes you hook to the window. Oh, yeah. In my music collection, have every single Billboard Top 40 hit from 1970 through 1989. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Apparently, I didn't have it today, that's for sure. <laughs> I need some lotion for that bird. <laughs> oh. But most of all, I still own a functioning eight track player and have eight tracks I can play on it. So, wow, yeah. And my older brother, he only had an eight track in his blue Datsun pickup truck, and we wore the hell out of that Beach Boys eight track and Monkeys eight track. It was, it was a good time. Eight tracks were part of my childhood, big time. Yes. They are the worst recording format <laughs> other than maybe wax cylinder that has ever existed. Hey, the end of program one is half the song you want to listen to it. We'll give you the other half in a minute here. You know? No doubt. <laughs> Never made sense to me either. Disqualifiers. <laughs> this kind of plays into a lot of disqualifiers that have come before, but 
I, I still get them. First of all, I did not like E.T. Not one bit. I did not enjoy it, except for the two women who just kept commenting how ugly E.T. was the entire movie about three rows in front of me. And then they had a fit when he died. And they were like crying and everything. Like, he was ugly, but I didn't want him to die. I am laughing so hard in the middle of a theater of crying people. Oh, Robert, you got a heart of stone if you didn't get a little misty-eyed during oh. poor E.T. died. Spoiler alert. Mm. I get more misty-eyed watching Major League. Um, <laughs> I also did not have cable till late in life. I lived with a woman who told me she was not going to have them drill holes in her wall. Never mind, there were already holes in the wall from the crazy machine that turned the antenna. And I have never watched an episode of Full House, but I, I take pride in that. Judges? We're going to let you stay, Robert. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I was worried. I was. <laughs> the judges are big fans of Full House, so it was, it was a little, little touch and go there for a second. Well, that's why everyone complains about them all the time. On the Your power's a weak old man. Well, thanks for being on the show, guys. On to round two. Round two. Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer. Two points for a complete correct answer and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and make their case through loud arguments, putting the judges in their place. <laughs> the player who currently has the power, which is you, Chad, gets to choose between two questions to answer. Players take turns answering the questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they may be. So if you don't know the answer, please make something up and please make it entertaining for our listeners. The winner of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that both of you will be playing for in round three. However, the player who has the power at the end of the round will go first in round three, which is a huge advantage. Pressure's on now, man. That's a, with great power comes great responsibility. I know. Okay, Chad, you can pick between these two questions. Will it be big bucks, big bucks, which is a television question? Or will it be everybody knows the name of television's favorite Boston Red Sox, which is a television question? I will go with the Red Sox question. Okay. Please, if I may. On the beloved NBC sitcom Cheers, the bar is owned by former Boston Red Sox player Sam Malone. What position did Sam play during his time with the Red Sox? And what was his sports nickname? I'll give you multiple choice for the player position and you have to give me the nickname. Okay. Okay. So did he play a first base B starting pitcher C relief pitcher D ball boy <laughs> ball boy. That's funny. <laughs> Let's see. I believe he was a starting pitcher. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Oh, no. That's horrible. Robert, man. can you steal and also give me his nickname? I will try. I believe Sam was a relief pitcher and his nickname was Mayday Malone. Both of those are correct. Well oh, done. yay. Good job, Rob. Thank you for missing it. Welcome. <laughs> Aren't you Sam Malone? Guilty as charged. Don't you remember me? Ah, uh, boy, you know, I can't quite place the face. So where'd we meet? Well, we didn't actually meet, but I know you remember me. I went to every home game you ever played. I used to get there early so I could watch you warm up in the bullpen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you couldn't forget this. Hey, Malone, you pitch like my sister. Why don't you go home and make a dress? 
Okay, so that's a steal for Robert, but also he steals the power. The power. Oh, man. That might be more important. And he can really run up the score with the correct answer here. You might be starting off in a big hole here, Chad. Let's see. Robert, this question is called Big Bucks. Big Bucks. It is a television question. In the CBS game show, Press Your Luck. Players use spins to light up the prize board in hopes of winning cash and fabulous prizes. The object was to avoid a small red monster who would steal whatever prizes the contestants currently had and could potentially eliminate them from the game. What is the name of the monster that stole from the contestants and how many times could a player get hit by this monster before they were eliminated from the game? Oh, there's no ABCDs here, huh? Nope. You got to know this one, buddy. All right, brother. Let's go. That was the... The terrifying whammy that was after all your big bucks. And you could get four whammies, but then you were out of the game. Both those items are correct. Well done. That's two points. Is there a fun fact? There is, of course, a fun fact. (laughs) The most money a contestant ever lost to a whammy was $31,408. Oh, my God bullet to the head yeah. <laughs> back then back in the 80s that was practically a house i know the whammies oh. were designed by the writer and director of better off dead savage steve holland who was also a cartoonist and animator finding out this little detail makes more sense to the whole everybody wants some animated hamburger segment of that movie i'm sure that burger is related to the whammy in some form or another it's a shame they don't let that guy make more movies. How I Got Into College was a, an unseen masterpiece in 89, and I love that film. But. Yeah, that movie, it didn't find, well, we'll find out more about that movie in a little bit. Ooh! Robert, yeah. you have the power, and you can pick between these two questions. You can have Better Off Dead. This question is called $2, <laughs> which is a movie question. Or you can choose USA for Africa. Which is a music question. I I can't call myself a man if I don't take $2. Agreed. Better Off Dead was released in August of 1985. And the surreal teen romantic dark comedy has gone on to become a cult favorite. It was written and directed by Savage Steve Holland, as we learned earlier. And starred John Cusack as a high school student, Lane Meyer, who becomes suicidal after his girlfriend breaks up with him, ends up agreeing to a ski race down the deadly K-12 slope and gets chased by a paperboy who just wants his $2. The question is this, how many papers did Johnny the paperboy deliver in order to be owed $2 by Lane Meyer? This is a multiple choice. Okay. Was it A, 10 papers? B, 15 C, 20, or D, 69. 69, dude. I love it when the low-hanging fruit comes out to play. Um, <laughs> I think it's C, 20. 20 is correct. Mm. That's two more points for you. I do do that paperboy math in my head. That's five to nothing so far. Chad, here we go, yeah. buddy. All right, let's 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 read this fun fact. According to writer Savage Steve Holland, the film was mostly autobiographical. Holland really was suicidal when his high school girlfriend left him for the captain of the ski team. Also, he really did have a paper boy named Johnny who would harass him for $2. According to Holland, when the film came out, his ex-girlfriend contacted him to apologize. Good. Yeah. She said she ended up in therapy because of all the damage (laughs) she did to this guy. I think it had a happy ending. Wow. I'm glad she dumped him, frankly. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the movie. So well done to you, lady. Johnny, four weeks, 20 papers, that's $2. 
plus tip. Uh, gee, Johnny, I don't have a dime. Sorry. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. Right. That movie for, is a masterpiece for of our, what it feels like to be a teenager. It really is. It holds up. It's good today. I will watch it anytime you put it in front of me. No problem. Hmm. Okay, the score is five to nothing. Chad, this question's for you. Doing okay. the math, you really need to get this one. All right, man. I'm Here we go. Do my best. This question is called USA for Africa, which is a music question. The charity song for famine relief called We Are the World was recorded in 1985 by a supergroup of popular musicians called USA for Africa. Surprisingly, included in the group was an alum of Saturday Night Live, more known for his comic chops than his singing ability. Who was it? It is multiple choice. If you'd like, I, I don't require it because I think I know the answer like outright. I'm going to oh, believe Maggie, you, but for the listener's you. sake, for the listener's sake, we'll do the right. multiple choice, and you can let us know. Uh, we'll do the All honor right. system. Okay, cool and great. Okay, was it A. Eddie Murphy, B. Dan Aykroyd, C. Bill Murray, or D. Chevy Chase? It was Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's correct. Two points. Yeah. And he's Canadian too. And like, Canadian in there for USA for Africa, yes. Right. Like he's Canadian. And then like on the cassette, they had a Canadian We Are the World. Like we are Northern Canada Lights, for... man. Tears are not enough. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Did Canada do a uh Dan yeah, Relief on, thing? It is on they the USA for Africa We Are the World album. It is called Tears Are Not Enough. The group is mm-hmm. called Northern Lights. Wow. Like Steve Perry and Brian Adams and like Joan Baez or yeah, Ann Murray. Wow. Did I, not know I, that. Know. I did not know that. I know, right? Last Tiger were probably in there. I don't know. Here's the fun fact. Okay. We Are the World was written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, produced and conducted by Quincy Jones. Some famous faces were asked to participate, but did not. And they were Pat Benatar, who had a missed session due to pregnancy. Linda Ronstadt, who had the flu, and Prince, who provided a guitar track later. It is said that Dan Aykroyd was asked by Quincy Jones to participate and add some comic relief to the session. I mean, I guess so. If you're trying to avoid famine, you might need a few chuckles, maybe. Good evening. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I can't lie. Like, I would have loved what? to have heard that with Pat Benatar on it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but she was very pregnant. Well, she got to do Artists United Against Apartheid when Sun City got recorded, so. Right, right. And, like, the whole Prince thing, like, I think they're just making some stuff up there. Like, they, they totally snubbed Prince, and then they just were like, oh, we forgot Prince because, you know, he's in another world than we are so but he did contribute a track to the album called for the tears in your eyes right because that's what prince does i'm sorry or dead okay so robert you still have the power and you can pick between these two questions will it be nobody leaves this place without singing the blues which is a movie question or will it be cinema sound check which is a head-to-head challenge and a new game featured on this game show Ooh, you're you're de- you're using us as a debut. You're my guinea pigs. Ooh, I've enjoyed I, the other head-to-head challenges you've used so far. Let's see. I'm gonna be nice, Chad, because I'm pretty sure I know where the movie question is going. I want to try the head-to-head challenge. This sounds awesome. Okay, cinema sound check, head-to-head challenge. For this question, I will give you the title tracks of the original musical score 
of a popular movie from Generation X, and you need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. These are not songs from the soundtrack of the movie, but from the original score, which is usually instrumentals. So keep that in mind. We'll go back and forth, each player giving me a new movie title with each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. Okay, so we're going to go back and forth. Each of you give me a movie title. I'm going to give you a track of a song. You give me a movie title back. Okay, you have some clues. This movie was released in 1985. IMDb calls it an adventure comedy family movie. And it's rated PG. Robert, this was your question, right? So you get to go first. So I'm going to tell you the title of this soundtrack track, and you give me a movie title. Okay. The score was called It All Starts Here. Oh, let's see. Uh, you said 85 the film came out. Is that correct? Yes. Adventure I, comedy family movie. I do believe that is The Goonies. How could you get that from the first freaking thing? That is it correct. All starts here. <laughs> That's when he's holding up the. It all starts here. That's pretty impressive, Robert. Impressive. <laughs> but you got it on the first one. I'm not gonna lie. Some of the other tracks were, "Playing the Bones," "Water Slide," "One-Eyed Willie," "Fratelli Chase," "Sloth and Chunk," and if you didn't get it by then, it would have been "The Goondocks" theme from the motion picture "The Goonies." <laughs> Another track title is. Pea break in kissing tunnel. Presumably not at the same time. However. I want to I, I want to see the chop footage from that scene on the floor. What did you do, Richard Donner? Okay. Okay, Chad. You gotta get this one without without a doubt. It's called Nobody Leaves This Place Without Singing the Blues. It is a movie question. In the 1987 movie Adventures in Babysitting, Elizabeth Shue plays Chris Parker a babysitter who must battle her way through the big city after being stranded there with kids she's looking after. When the gang sees Chris's boyfriend's car parked at a ritzy restaurant downtown, what does his vanity license plate read? This is a multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, so cool? B, bitchin'? C, see you later? Or D, gnarly? I'm drawn to be bitching. <laughs> that is not a bitching answer. I'm sorry. That is oh, incorrect. Palmer. Robert, can you steal this and run up the score on Chad? Chad is often drawn to be bitching. Uh, that is true. <laughs> um, it's been a while, but I don't know why in my head I see it as A. So cool. The reason why you see it as A is because that is correct. Oh. That's another steal. So cool is the answer. You're going to be singing the blues, Chad. (laughs) Bradley Whitford is the actor who plays Chris Parker's boyfriend. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. He was allowed to watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) Funny thing is, he was allowed to use his own Camaro in the movie. And it has the license plate so cool as the actual license plate that Bradley had his own car. Um, My name's Chris Parker. This is Brad, Sarah, and Daryl. And we're in trouble. A no doubt. So that brings the score eight points to two. Oh, no. It's going to be very difficult for you to come back on this one, Chad. But let's see. There's a big point one here coming up. So anything can still happen. (laughs) Robert, you have the power. And you can pick between these two questions. Will it be who shot JR, which is a TV question? Or will it be 
Name that auto-tune 70s and 80s Motown edition, which is a head-to-head oh. challenge. Oh. Which I hope you'll save for last. Oh, this is so hard to choose between. I like them both so much. Oh, man. You know what? For you, I will take Who Shot JR. Thank you. <laughs> this question is called Who Shot JR. Ready? Uh-huh. I'm ready. Who Shot JR? You want the actress's name or the character's name? I want you to answer the multiple choice I have for you. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a big difference. Is it A, his sister-in-law, Kristen Shepard? B, his alcoholic brother, Gary? C, his wife, Sue Ellen? D, his jealous rival, Cliff Barnes? Or was it E, Maggie Simpson? <laughs> I, I thought for sure E was going to be 69. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Miss Ellie. <laughs> That old woman from Falcon Crest. Um, uh, the wonderful, wonderful, very sexy Mary Crosby playing sister-in-law, Kristen Shepard. It was you, Kristen, who shot JR. That is correct. That is worth two more points. That's 10 to 2. Chad, this question goes to you, buddy. It's called yeah. Name That Auto-Tune 70s, 80s Motown Edition. For this question, the judges will perform a part of a popular Motown song from the 70s and 80s. And you will have to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers. And they will also be used in an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary. Well, why wouldn't they? There are a total of three songs and you'll take turns answering with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen except for you winning, Chad. Right, right. Because math. <laughs> but we're going to play it anyways. And you're a good sport, Chad. We'll play, we'll play this out for pride, right? Yeah. For okay. pride. Oh, we'd want to play it to the end either way, no matter who was winning or losing. For I America. It. Yeah, for the people, you know. So, Chad, this one's for you. Your hint is this song came out in 1971. Artist and title of this song. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Yeah. Arson title, Chad. (laughs) What's going on, Marvin Gaye? That is correct. Wow. I didn't think white could sound any whiter. (laughs) (laughs) Mother, mother. There's too many of you crying Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Well done, Chad. Two points bringing you to a total of four. Yeah, at the end was a nice touch. Robert, this question's for you, buddy. Oh, I'm ready. This question, here's song number two. This song was released in 1973. Okay. Artisan title to this song. A boy is born in hard time, Mississippi. Surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection. To keep him strong, moving in the right direction. Living just enough, just enough for the city. What a fantastic song that is. Look at Chad, he's over there dying, wishing it was his. That is Living for the City by Stevie Wonder. That is correct. Two more points for you. A boy's born in hot time, Mississippi. Surround- 
So I've only heard that song, like the radio edit of that song. I've never heard the whole seven and a half minutes that that song really is. Oh, yeah. It has a whole different meaning, man, when you hear the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You chop out that middle part. And yeah. Yeah, it is a fantastic song. I had new appreciation after listening to it and preparing for this episode. You can't go wrong with Stevie, man. You just can't. I agree. Hey, Chad, here is the last song. You guys are crushing this as I thought you might. Artisan title, this song came out in 1981. Three is not a crowd to her, she says. Menage à trois, ooh la la. Room 714, I'll be waiting. When I get there, she's got incense wine and candles. It's such a freaky scene. <laughs> one more time, is, chat. Do you need it again? Girl, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe one more time. Okay, here we go. One more time. Yeah. Three is not a crowd to her, she says. Menage à trois, ooh la la, room 714, I'll be waiting. When I get there, she's got incense, wine, and candles. It's such a freaky scene. (laughs) So, like, the first time I heard it, even though I knew the song, like, I thought that your interpreter mispronounced it and said incest, wine, (laughs) That's a whole different song. Right, so it threw me off for a little bit because it's like threesome's not enough, and I'm like, dude, this is kind of going in a dark place. I don't. This is a family show, Chad. This is a family show. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is not right. So, like, back to the light, Chad. Um, now, but I know now it's Super Freak by Rick James. Rick James, Super Freak is correct. Yes. You tripled the score, your score in that round, Chad. But I, I'm, I'm afraid that wasn't quite enough. Robert, you scored 10. Chad, you scored six. That means, Robert, you have won the game and you have the power and you get to pick the prize for round three. Chad, you were formidable, man. You were a formidable opponent, just like I thought you would be. That's exactly you, why I chose you for this. I know you would be a challenge. Thank you, good sir. I appreciate it. Chad, we're going to put you in the waiting room and Robert and I are going to take a secret trip to the prize vault where you're going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing in the final round. But before we do, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing for future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We would love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. Round three. Robert, you and I are going to take a trip to the prize vault. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think are the most popular responses from Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The player who has the power gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any answers. Whoever gets more points wins the game and goes on to claim the chance of their prize that the winner of round two has selected in secret. So that means Robert, you get to go first. 
And Chad, we're going to put you back into the waiting room. Sorry. All right. Deuces. <laughs> okay, Robert, you know how to play. Yes, sir. You get one pass. Pro tip, use your pass. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. When you think of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who is the first dancer that comes to mind? Pass. Which was the best TV sitcom theme song of the 80s? Cheers. Name an item on your dinner plate that you hated as a kid, but now like as an adult. Broccoli. What is the most underrated movie of the 80s? Oh. I'm going to go with Better Off Dead. Name a television show Western. Gunsmoke. And going back to the one you passed on. When you think of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who is the first dancer that comes to mind? Michael Jackson. Okay, Chad, you ready? Oh, yes. Hello. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Robert. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, I'll say try again, and you'll give me another answer. It's a little more difficult, so I'm going to give you two passes. Make sure you use your passes. They're valuable. Thank you. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. When you think of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who is the first dancer that comes to mind? Madonna. Which is the best TV sitcom theme song of the 80s? Facts of Life. Name an item on your dinner plate that you hated as a kid, but now like as an adult. Brussels sprouts. What is the most underrated movie of the 1980s? Pass. Name a television show Western. A television show Western. Dr. Quinn Madison Woman. Barbara Streisand watched Dr. Quinn Medicine. I don't know why that's so funny, but we're all dying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Going back to the one you passed on. I got it. What is the most underrated movie of the 1980s? The Color Purple. It was nominated for 10 Oscars and it won zero. Fight me. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good argument. We'll see how the Gen Xers respond to that. <laughs> well, they're stupid. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> wow. Way to ingratiate uh, yourself with the audience there. Okay, guys, let's go yeah. to the scores. I asked you, when you think of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who is the first dancer that comes to mind? Robert, you said Michael Jackson. You'd be amazed how often I hear that. The king of pop was also the king of this survey. The number one answer was yeah. 32 points. Flex. Chad, you said Madonna who was the number two answer worth Ooh, 20 yay. points. Yay. Yay. The moment you said her name, I was like, oh, that's a great answer, too. Yeah, it's a good answer. I asked you, what was the best TV sitcom theme song of the 80s? Where you said Cheers. Which, oh. No surprise is also the number one answer worth oh. 30 points, bringing you to oh. 62. Chad, you kept the streak alive, giving us the number two answer with Facts of Life, worth 28 (laughs) points, bringing the score 62 to 48. I asked you, name an item on your dinner plate that you hated as a kid, but now like? Robert, you gave us broccoli, which was the number one answer again. Oh, my God. Oh, you know. No, you vegan, you vegan whore. (laughs) (laughs) 
How many points did I get for that? 30. There was oh a lot God. of answers. That was a very varied and, answer. And he's wow. eaten broccoli like three times this year. Like you get 30 <laughs> points for fat. Chad, you gave us Brussels sprouts, which was the number two answer. Oh my God! Worth 22 points, bringing the scores 92 for Robert and 70 for Chad. That's the number one answer and number two answer for each of you in row. Uh, first three questions. That's pretty awesome. He's always riding my coattails. Yeah. Oh and now the wheels fall off the bus. Oh, I asked you, what was the most underrated movie of the 1980s? Robert, you said better off dead. One person agreed with you on the survey. So you got one point. That person oh is a genius. <laughs> you used 93 oh points. God. They should be in Mensa. <laughs> oh, my God. Chad, you gave us the color purple. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. That was the number two answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've gotten all number twos so far. Oh, my God. That's so funny. For 21 points. Oh, Bring yeah. the score 93 to 91. Two points oh. separates you going into the oh, final man. answer. Sorry. The number one answer for the most underrated movie of the 1980s, surprisingly, was Weird Science. Oh, Wow. That's no great. way you are that lying is, that is great <laughs> dude are you seriously so surprised that that happened chad I... all of all of your hopes and dreams now rest upon dr quinn medicine woman <laughs> dude i swear to god i will start watching it tonight <laughs> <laughs> the question was name a television show western chad Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman was the number five answer on the survey <laughs> with eight points, bringing you to a total of 98 points. Clearly remembered by the masses, like in huge numbers. Five oh points God. separate you. Oh my God, I'm crying. Oh Robert, you said gun smoke. What did Gen X say? <laughs> oh God. Oh my God, what did they say? Survey said. There's a number four answer worth 11 points. Bringing you to a total of 104. That means you, Robert, you have won the game and you are doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. Save them all. The number one answer for name and television show Western was Little House on the Prairie. Oh, I should have got that. God bless Billy Olson. Oh, didn't they live next door to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman on that show? I don't know what possessed me to say that either. It was on the survey. It made it. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It beat out. uh, It beat out Big Country and Roots. Someone said Roots was. was, (laughs) Roots. It beat Lavar Burton Roots. Yeah, it beat out Roots, Green Acres, and Kung Fu. As that Western. I can see Kung Fu as a Western. At least I understand that. <laughs> Dan Green Acres is like, is that is like Western New York. Hey, 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 it's the place to be. For winning round three, I offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I'll place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Robert until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck.
So let's take a look at the prizes Robert had to pick from. I was hoping for a ceramic Dalmatian. We just didn't. <laughs> you know what? I almost put that on here in this episode. I haven't done that for a while. I would have lapped on it. Are you oh, kidding me? Sorry. That's okay. I, I love this list. So Here's the items Robert had to pick from. Uh, scratch and sniff stickers featuring a skeleton with the word eek on it. If you right. ever wanted to know what a skeleton smells like, here's your chance. This one had a super strong fragrance, and I can smell it by just looking at this picture. Do you guys remember this one? No. Don't remember this one? Oh, man. This thing stunk so bad. Like skunky smell? Oh, it, it's... It, like... I mean, it's what I would imagine a dead body would smell like. That's what the sticker smelled like. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I should have only given it to the bad students. <laughs> <laughs> Who then would have scratched them and left them all over the classroom. Yeah, I guess so. There's a pen from 1982 Fleetwood Mac Tour sponsored by Schlitz Light Beer. Is It features a can of Schlitz with the word hold me printed on it. I've never drank this beer, but I know it smells like a piece of Schlitz. Dude, I can't it believe- It tastes Fleetwood. like Schlitz too. <laughs> I can't believe Fleetwood Mac got Schlitty. Like that is crazy. For our religious listeners, you might have enjoyed this Garbage yes. Pail Kid card called Rapture Robert, featuring a kid ascending to heaven and a pile of clothes left behind. Uh, not to be outdone is this Garbage Pail Kid card of a Godzilla-looking kid burning down Tokyo called Chard Chad. <laughs> Confessing to attempted murder has never been easier when you wear this vintage button from the 80s printed on it with the phrase, I shot JR. A vintage 80s trucker hat with the words, take the Pepsi challenge printed on it. Do you remember what we used to call a trucker hats in the 80s? We used to call them hats. <laughs> And finally, a VHS tape with vintage game shows recorded on it. Match game, password, super password, and of course, press your luck. There are so many more. Ten episodes of game shows from your youth, one episode of Roseanne for some reason. <laughs> because if you don't know what sucks, you don't know what's cool. <laughs> Robert, uh, what item did you select? Well... It was very tempting. There was a lot of wonderful things on there, but when you put Fleetwood Mac and Schlitz together, <laughs> that is the winning combination of Generation X. I chose the Fleetwood Mac Schlitz tour button. Nice. I could, I could only imagine the marketing department for Schlitz beer, how these two came together. What do you want us to do with this ad campaign with Fleetwood Mac? I don't know. Go your own way. <laughs> so, Robert, you can either take this item, the pin from Schlitz beer, or you can trade it all in for what's inside this mystery box. Anything could be on this box. What's it going to be? Oh, it has an interesting rattle to it. That's for sure. I really wondered what I would do in this situation, but as tempting as the box is, what's in the box? Mac and Schlitz together. It's got to be the way to go. Two great tastes that taste great together. Mac and Schlitz. I remember it well as a kid. On my plate, so. Okay, Robert. Do you want to know what's in the box, though? Should we reveal? Uh, Should we finally no. reveal what's in the box? No. Let it roll over. Let them wonder. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna reveal what's in. The, you want to re let it roll over? Yeah. Let okay. somebody wonder, man. Sooner or later, somebody's going to have the cojones to take that box. I was going to reveal it in this episode, but Robert says no. I respect my guests. You're my guest in, in our home here, our podcast home. And we'll respect your wishes. We'll let this roll over for the next episode. You're welcome, future contestant. What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Whoa. 
Let's bid this item up. We are the top bidder at one dollar and four cents, three seventy-five for shipping. If the bid holds up, I will buy this item for you and have it shipped out to you, Robert. Good luck. Oh, good luck, Rob. Thank you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You call this a martini? <laughs> What'd you use for vermouth? Turpentine? <laughs> the great ones never lose it. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook and our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes to the contestants and all-around improvements for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you will see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you're interested. If you like what we're doing here and you want to save Gen X from being forgotten and can afford a few bucks, you can contribute there. Two dollars. If not, please consider us next time. In either case, thanks so much for listening. So before we go, we'd like to do some shout outs and plugs. Chad, thank you so much for being on the show. Despite the outcome, I hope you still had a good time. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug or shout out before we leave? Yeah, I think I would. Zabe, first of all, I'd like to shout out you for like being such an awesome host and, and doing this like so right on. I had a great time here today without really knowing a whole lot about what I was getting into. So shout out to you. And I'd also like to plug what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> well, Chad, you got to win to find out what's in the box. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe next time. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You just hope it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'd like to say thanks to our winner of the show tonight. Thank you, Robert. Is there anything you'd like to plug or shout out before we go? I'm with Chad on this one, first of all. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. I am so glad to have found something of value online in your friendship. And it means a lot for me to get to do this with you because I've enjoyed every episode of this show so far. And I look forward to future ones. Uh, as for, yes, I am all about shameless self-promotion. I would like to plug my two Mixcloud pages at Mixcloud.com. I've given Zabe the links already so you can just search the show notes. So you don't have to listen to me rattle out letters. But one is called The Wondervox Sessions. And the other is called Strange Behavior Radio. That is behavior with a U because I love the UK listeners out there who are listening. <laughs> I love you. I put a U in my behavior. Come find me. And I'd also like to give a little love to the sitcom Sledgehammer, the show Max Headroom, and the hour-long drama Tales of the Gold Monkey, Gone Too Soon. Thank you for everything you did for America. Oh, man, that's a flashback there, dude. I loved that show. I mean, it was Raiders of Lost Ark light, but it was uh, still something fun to watch. I loved it. Oh, I, it holds up well, too. Well, thank you, Robert. Listeners, please check out the links in the show notes and find Robert's wonderful stuff. I can totally vouch for it. I had a good time listening on the SoundCloud. Yeah, me too. Like, like Wondervax and Strange Behavior are both like just the very beginning of what Rob is capable of. He's he's very good at what he does. This, these are great examples of that. So I'll Aww. I'll plug I'll plug that too. 
Well, when I was listening to him, I, I found myself listening to some music and I recognized the voices, but I never heard the songs before. So if you're mm-hmm. interested in listening to some music of some artists that put out some good stuff that was never really on the radio, but was still quality music, this is a good way to find it. Yes. yes it Projects is. are very heavily Gen X music influenced too. It's the right audience for that. Thanks, guys. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show, would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, or if you'd like to become a contestant on the show, you can reach the judges at that email address as well. If we use your idea or questions on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Once again, that email address is whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. And now, this episode's cliffhanger question is, in what popular 80s television series did Tom Hanks play the role of Ned Donnelly? Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for a prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted on the Facebook group page, so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. And now the wheels fall off the bus. Because if you don't know what sucks, you don't know what's cool. Dr. Quinn Madison woman. I can't believe Fleetwood Mac got schlitty. Like, that is crazy. Mom, is that you? I've got the power. That person oh is a genius. Ooh. I don't know what possessed me to say that either. Oh, my God. Bullet to the head. What I would imagine a dead body would smell like. It's such a freaky scene. Oh, okay, Mr. Man. God bless America. I didn't think white could sound any whiter. Pea break in Kissing Tunnel. Oh, oh that's the song. Oh, oh my, my God. We're going to be singing the blues, Chad. I need some lotion for that bird. <laughs> 69, dudes. <laughs> All of your hopes and dreams now rest on Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Fight me. When you put Fleetwood Mac and Schlitz together, <laughs> that is the winning combination of Generation X. Hello, is that in bad taste, guys? Should I cut that out? Or no, is that no, funny? Not at all. No, no, no. Okay. Later. Oh.